Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. I hope you're awake now. Are you awake? All right. Have you thought about the heaven road? Sounds like a pretty exciting time. This morning's passage is out of Joshua, and uh, I just want to give you a heads up that we're going to spend the next uh, five weeks in Joshua, because uh, I think Joshua does, there's some really interesting things that happen in the beginning of Joshua. Once Joshua is the new leader, God tells him, be strong and courageous, and then it's time to go to work, Right? He didn't say, be strong and courageous and we're going to sit in the wilderness for another 40 years. He says, it's time to get moving. And so we're going to look at the first five chapters. So if you're one of those people who love to read and know what's uh, coming up, I'll tell you right now, next week is chapter two and the week after is chapter three and the week four and five. So if you can count to five, you're good, right? So we're going to finish up chapter one uh, this week. And when we go through those other chapters, we won't go through the whole chapter uh, but, but a piece of it. So if, if that is something you uh, like to do, I, I recommend that you get a chance to read those uh, chapters. So we're going to read uh, verses 10 through 18. Because if you're going to embark on a journey, you just don't do it willy-nilly, do you? If you do, it's going to end pretty bad. Let's read chapter, verses 10 through 18. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people. Mind you, these are a, this is a million people. I just want you to think about that for one moment. A million people. Go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan You'll cross the Jordan here and go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, But all your fighting men ready for battle must cross ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you. And until they too have taken possession of the land, the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us to do, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as you f- we fully obeyed Moses, we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them, will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. May God add his blessing to the reading as we prepare this morning to sit around the table. Mm-hmm. 
So contrary to popular belief, I do like Kenny in the front row. And the reason I like Ke- someone said to me, I don't know how you could preach with someone in the front row uh, squawking at you. <laughs> but I like Kenny, so. So I have a question for you that I want an answer, that I want some response. When you make plans, not Kenny though, right? Anybody but Kenny. That's a <laughs> Yeah, Veronica. Yeah, if you want a good answer, we'll ask Veronica. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ken, she's a planner. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And she got a new do, so that's two for one. So as you're preparing to go somewhere, wait, let me. Do we have a PowerPoint? Zach, do we have a PowerPoint? Okay, thank you. So I, wanted, I want to put this picture up because it's winter here, right? <laughs> Some of you may know where this is at. This is the Outer Banks. I don't know if you've never been there. It's lots of sand and water and beach and beach houses. And it's kind of nice vacation, right? This time of year, I think we'd rather be somewhere like that than here. It's not snowing there. But as you, what is it? How do you get from here to there, right? Because we can't just jump in the car. We could, but it's going to be hard for us to have a place to stay. And we're probably going to get fired from our job. And our kids are going to be in trouble if they don't go to school for a week. So how is it that we get from A to B when we're making a plan for something like a vacation? What do you do? What's the first thing you do? Come on, you millennials. Decide, all right, you decide where you're going to go, right? You decide, hopefully you decide where you're going to go. What, what do you got, Neil? Tell us, <laughs> tell us school you're skipping. Oh, okay. All right, so that's what you're going to do. That's your plan. But how, you're going to be walking because you have no other plan. <laughs> You need a plan, Neil. You better ask your parents, right? Okay, Ken. That's exactly that's one important part, right? It's going to be hard to get there on the thirty-seven cents I have in my pocket. What do you got, Zach? Ask Siri. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say ask Google, right? Because that's that's what all the millennials do. They, uh, my wife, she's she's decided that she likes to talk to her phone rather than text or push the buttons now. So she's always asking the, the phone. It's kind of funny. She talks to the phone as much as she talks to me, I think. I'm not sure if she's talking to the phone, the dog, or me. I don't know. But in order to make, to, to make a trip, and to make a trip worthwhile, we have to have a plan. Is, do we not? If we don't have a plan, it gets pretty ugly pretty quickly. I'll be sharing with you a plan or a trip that we took that wasn't all that well planned. And you'll, you'll see why it wasn't a good deal. Well, this passage talks about Joshua's, that moment when Joshua has been given a word from God. And God said, all right, you've been there for 40 years, people. You've been wandering around, and now it's your turn, Joshua, to take the helm and take these people to the promised land. Take these people to the promised land. I wonder how Joshua felt at that moment, because he didn't forget what happened the prior years when they had sent the spies in 
He never forgot any of that, right? He knew what God's people, where they were 40 years prior to that. He was a part of all that. There's probably a good reason why they, God said, be strong and courageous. Think about hurting a million, hurting, hurting a million people across the Jordan into the promised land. Think about, think about this. Think about hurting your own uh, immediate family, two or three people, a dog, maybe a cat, and a hamster anywhere uh, without much of a plan. It gets pretty bad pretty quick, doesn't it? So a million people to me boggles my mind. Logistically, that just, oh, goodness. I think Joshua might have had a headache. But God said, listen, I gave you this word. I want you to pass it along to the people. And so Joshua shares the plan. And that's the very first thing that happens in this passage. He shares the plan that God has placed on his heart. Now just for one second, I want you to think, because I I believe this, if you're a believer in Christ, God has put a call. He has put a plan in your heart. Here's the challenge, Christians. The challenge is sharing that plan with someone else. You know why that's a challenge? Because the moment you speak it, it becomes real, real, right? It becomes a real thought, a real idea. And what if, by chance, that I spoke something that God didn't speak into my heart? And now I'm scared, because if God delivers, that's scary, and if God doesn't deliver, that's scary too. Isn't that where Joshua's at here in this passage? He's, he's been spoken to by God, and he's supposed to pass it along. And you know what he does? He does it. He goes right, and he says, he finds those people the people that uh, he had under him and said, listen, go tell the people that we're moving in three days. Pick up your stuff. Get rid of all the things you don't need. You better get ready to move because we're about to move. Three days. It's a wonder they even got the message to a million people in three days. Think about that. Joshua did what he needed to do. See, struggle. the struggle is sharing that plan is a scary spot in our lives. And I believe that God puts a lot of things in our heart on our, that desire that we have. He places it in there, and yet we're afraid to speak that, that idea. And we're afraid that if we do that, oh man, where will that lead me, God? Where will that lead me? And so what we do is humans as we begin to bargain with God, right? I bargain, I'll do this part, but I'm not really interested in this part. And I'll do some of this, but if I go all the way, that may mean I have to change my job. Or my priorities might change. My Saturday bowling league might not be as important as something else that you've placed on my heart. I'm not sure I'm ready for that. I'll go Sunday morning, but I don't know about giving up my Saturday morning. I don't know about changing some of the things in my life. But I want you to work, God. I do, I do, I want you to work. So here's, I want to show you a picture of a guy that I think did a great job planning. <laughs> now you can look, if you, you, it, might be, it took me a little while to look at, the guy's actually walking on the other side. But he's, it's pretty impressive, isn't it? That guy had a plan. 
That guy had a good plan, and he made it happen. Think about that for a moment. <laughs> There's a lot of bricks on that bike. He had a plan, a good plan. I want to share with you uh, a moment in our life where we didn't have a good plan. My wife and I decided uh, we probably were, Hannah was one, so that's a long time ago. We were probably like 21 and 20, not as wise with the world as we are today. And we decided we were going to go camping because that's what people do, right? We're poor, we're barely making it, but we can go on a vacation, vacation, we're going to go camping. And so we decided we're going to go camping and we have all kinds of family members and friends who have all kinds of equipment, so how hard can it be to go camping? And so I talked to my grandfather and he has one of those old canvas tents. I don't know if you've ever been in an old canvas tent. Don't do it. <laughs> old canvas tent. They, don't, they hold water like they don't hold any water back. So we have this great plan. We're going to go to Chapman Dam. If you've ever been there, that's a picture of Chapman Dam. Not that far. Beautiful place. And we're going to camp because it's cheap. It'll be fun. We can get away. We can do some vacationing. And we, uh, so we decide we throw all the stuff in the van and pile it in, including our nice canvas tent. Uh, with metal frames around the outside. You may remember some of those. Where it's like 60 pounds of tent. Nowadays, it's like six ounces of tent, you know. But then it was 60. You had this big pile, and we put it all up. Takes us hours. Put it all up. Put it up. Beautiful. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna live it up, right? We got a little campfire. Things are going well. But we didn't really look at the weather much. Who cares about the weather? We're inside of a tent, right? Exactly. Well, it started to sprinkle. And that was okay. But it started to rain a little harder. And then it started to become a torrential downpour. And I don't know if it flooded inside from, like, I think it actually went in. It rained so hard that it actually went in the, like, in the tent. Like, we didn't have, we didn't own anything that wasn't absolutely drenched. And thank God that Chapman Dam is really not that far from Harbor Creek. <laughs> because we were able to come back home. We didn't quit camping. Nah, we wouldn't do that. We borrowed this 30 by 40 tarp from our neighbor. And we tied it literally to four trees and totally encompassed the tent and everything around the tent. Because we hadn't made a plan. Now, we had to come home. Everything we owned was absolutely, this had to be like the first night because everything we owned was absolutely drenched. Every blanket we owned, all of our clothes, all the food was soggy. Everything we owned was absolutely drenched, soaking wet, could wring it out. I can and I'll never forget that drive home in a very wet uh, you know how when the moisture in the, in the air is like sopping wet? That's how it was inside the vehicle when we were headed home. To try to get everything dried up because we didn't make a plan. We didn't have a plan, and it was a terrible plan to begin with. And uh, it reminds me that God gives us a plan and that we need to share that plan. Had my wife and I thought this through, uh, we probably would have had a better setup, a better plan, a better way to make it work so we didn't uh, about drown in a tent. And I want uh, the one piece of this that sticks out to me this morning is that I want to ask you a question of is, um, whoops, wrong way. Uh, 
Do you have someone in your life? This is like the application part of this passage. Do you have someone in your life that you're able to share God's goodness, God's plans, God's ideas with in your life? Because I think that's one of the struggles as a Christian that we, we struggle with. We might have a spouse. We might have one sp- a spouse that we can share that with. But it's really scary to share that with someone else in our, in our little circle. And I want to encourage you to think about that today. Do you have someone in your life that you could share the plan that God has placed on your heart with someone else? And are you willing to go there? Again, speaking those words, make it real. And I believe that God puts those things on our heart. Those things that, those, you know, there's a scripture that talks about the desires of our heart. I believe he puts those desires on our heart. And yet a lot of times we're afraid to, to actually speak that word that God may be working in this area of my life. I want to encourage you that if there's this scripture that's up there, Matthew 18, it says, if two or more together are gathered together, God is in the, with them. And it reminds me that we need to find those small groups. We need to find, if you're not in a Sunday school class or a small group, or you don't have a committed believer friend that you can go and be accountable to, I want to encourage you to look for that and to seek God in that. Because I think one of the struggles is it's easy to be an island and it's a whole lot less accountable when you're an island too. Right? We don't have to share that plan that God maybe has put in our heart. Second thing that, uh, whoo, there we go. The second uh, part of this, when I read uh, verses 12 through 15, I'm going to read it to you real quick. It says, But the, to the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command Moses, the servant of the Lord, said to you? Anybody have a clue? Or did you just kind of do what I did the first time I read it? I was like, I don't even have a clue what he's talking about. Let's, let's go to verse 16, right? So in Numbers 32, I want to encourage you to uh, maybe get a chance to read this. In Numbers 32, there's a deal made. Moses makes a deal with the, the Gadites and the uh, Reubenites and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Here's the deal. They're all farmers. They're all livestock farmers. And the east of the Jordan, where they were living at this time, before they crossed, it was good farmland. It was good pasture. It was nice property. If you owned cattle, this is where you wanted your, your uh, cattle to be. You didn't need to cross the Jordan. You could stay right there. So so the, uh, the Reubenites and the Gadites, they're like, hey, Moses, this is really good property, and we're property owners, and we wanna, we're going to get an inheritance anyway. Why don't we just stay over here? Why don't we just keep our land? The rest of you Israelites can go across the border, and we'll just kind of hang out with, uh, with our livestock and our families and our wives. It says, speaks about their, their wives and their children. Because this is good land, and it's nice and green, and it's along the uh, water, and it makes... Really good uh, livestock real quick. We'll, we'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to save you some time. And we'll just stay here. And Moses says this in Numbers, uh, Numbers, uh, Numbers 32.6. He challenges them. He says, Shall your brethren go to war and you just sit here? Moses said to them, Listen, you're going to stay on the east side of the Jordan while your, the rest of your Israelite tribe goes to the west side of the Jordan? You guys aren't even going to be fighting. You're just going to hang out. We'll, we'll just stay here. We're not even going to fight. 
And he challenges them. And then Moses says, you realize what happened the last time you had this idea? That's why we're in the wilderness now, going around in circles. Because you chose not to fight and not to be with your family. You weren't as a, a unit, per se. And I think the, the devil's in the details, right? So he says, listen, Joshua says to the, the Reubenites, the Gadites and the Reubenites, he says, you remember the commitment you made back when you talked to Moses? The commitment was that your children and uh, all the livestock and your wives could stay, but you would go and you would fight with the rest of us. And then when we all got our inheritance, you're more than welcome to go back. But you're not going to shirk your duties. You're not going to not do your, the uh, things that you're called to do because uh, you need to be a part of what God's doing over uh, on the, in the promised land. And so that was the, the details that, uh, that God was talking to uh, the Reubenites and the Gadites about. He was talking about the details. And I want to encourage you, even for this moment, to think about the details of God's plan in your life. So we have these plans, I think, that they really start out as just ideas, right? They start out this, this idea that God has placed in my heart, um, maybe a ministry idea or a way I can help people, a way I can encourage someone. And it's very uh, broad, if, if that makes the most sense. It's a very broad idea. And so we start out with this broad idea, and God begins to refine it. If you share the plan that God has placed in your heart with someone, it will begin to be refined. And it'll, and it'll get narrowed down. And the details will become uh, more uh, of an idea, or more, more like the focus, and less of the, uh, the broad part of that. And the, uh, the reason that's important, as I think about it, is that the details are where God really begins to work in our lives. So um, those moments, that, I think that's where we get most tangled up too. We get most tangled up in those moments when we try to figure out all the details before God figures out the details. And we start to make, I don't know about you, but if, if you're a, uh, a planning person, or a control person. Uh, I call myself a control person. I like to make all the details. I like to have them all figured out and all sorted out. Don't worry, God, I got it all figured out, and you don't have to figure in anything. But God wants us to rest in his ability to figure out the details. Just like here, Joshua was like, okay, so here's the details, but I'm gonna, God's going to lead you uh, and make a plan but let God make the details. And I want to encourage you in your own uh, walk of making a plan to let God work in the details. There are a couple... Uh, he's really good at it. I don't know if you knew that. He's really good at making details. I don't know if you know much about how the earth is rotating. And uh, Did you know that it's 23 and a half degrees? Do you know what happens if it gets to 23 degrees? more than change, I think we burn up or we freeze to death. Like, not like it's 25 degrees, it's like frozen solid. God's pretty good at details. 23 and a half degrees, if we shift the earth, so don't be, be careful when you're stepping, don't tip it, right? The third and final thing that uh, 
that happens in this passage is that they respond. God's people respond. It says, whatever you have commanded us to do, wherever you want us to go, we will go. We obeyed Moses and we're going to obey you. Now, I, I, the, verse 18 is a little bit of a challenge. It said, whoever rebels, we're going to kill them. <laughs> that sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? <laughs> they were serious about it, right? They're going to follow what Joshua is leading, where God is leading Joshua. They're going to go. And there is no room for those who won't. There is no room for those who say, well, the playoff game's at 1 o'clock, so if you could wait till 4 o'clock before we leave, that would be great. Don't want to miss that. No. It was important. It was the most important thing. So I, I got to share uh, this major failure in our lives, my life. So I bought this book. I think this is the book a couple years ago. And my wife and I were going to, there's 50 uh, hikes in this book. It's a great book. It's a great book. 50 hikes in this book. And they're all over Pennsylvania hiking trails, right? So my, so my wife and I, we gather up all the supplies. I even have a list on my phone of all the things that I might, you know, if I broke my leg, if I needed an aspirin, uh, if I bleed to death on this hike, whatever it is, right? And there's 50 hikes. And so the idea is we're going to do something for ourselves. So we are going to take a hike, and we're going to do, there's 50 of them, so that would be five years, 10 hikes. Should be able to do 10 hikes a year, right? That's not that big a deal. That's not, not that much. 10 weekends. We're not talking about like 50-mile hikes. These are a couple-mile hikes. They're nice hikes. So we buy the book. We buy all the supplies. We make a plan. And in order to get the book started, we got to find the easy one. So we find the easy one. We go drive, I don't know, probably 50 minutes. It was, a, it was one of the closer ones on the book. And we buy the, so we get there and we park and we take a nice picture because that's what you do, right? You take a picture next to you, a little selfie with a, Next to the sign and a before picture and after picture. Yeah. So we do all those things, right, with this plan. We know the plan. We got the details. All we have to do is do the book. And we do one hike. It's been, I don't know, I, I want to say three years, but it's probably been longer than that. We did one hike of about a mile and a half. Yeah, ridiculous, huh? Ridiculous. You guys can laugh at me because you've done it just in your life too, but you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> right? We, we have, exactly, set no goal. We all have those things where we know, and I think in our spiritual life it's even worse. We know that God has made a plan, a direction, a path. We know what the details are. He begins, I think that's when it gets really scary, right? When it's real vague, it's like, oh, I know God wants me to work, do this. But then the details start to reveal, are revealed. And then it gets a little scary. And then God, I believe, God lays the path out. Now, he doesn't lay it out so you can see it all the way to the end. No, he lays the next step for you. Well, here's another rock. Step on this rock, right? And he begins to unravel that plan that he has for your life. And at that moment, it's like, oh, it's getting scary. And we do what I did with the, tra with the trails book. We just abandon it. I was going to show you the book, but I can't even find the book. <laughs> I would, if I had I found the book, I would have been able to show you what the date was because I can't remember. We wrote it in there because our plan was to write every date when we went 
all, you know, all the details. We had a plan, but we never followed through with the trails book. Now, that doesn't mean it's the end of the story, right? It was, ex- yes, it was very fun, actually, for the one trip. 49 to go, Kenny. I'm going to go home and find that book because I haven't given up on that trail plan yet. I'm not dead, I always say. I'm not dead, so it might be. I want to encourage you that as you make 2019, you know, if you want to make it any different than what it was, what 2018 was, you got to do something different than what you did. And I want to encourage you. There's one thing I do want to say. If you are doing ministry now, if God has a plan for you, this I'm not talking... Uh, so much to you because I know God has a plan and he has so many faithful people in this church. I don't know if you guys know, but I had no clue what music was going to be played during communion and it was absolutely awesome. We are so gifted with people here. So I'm not, I'm not beating that, that dead horse, but if there are things in God in your life that God has placed on your heart and you're just sitting back thinking, well, maybe next time. Oh, there's a need. Oh, I don't want to give up that time. If you want to make 2019 a little bit different than 2018, you got to step out. You got to respond. You have to respond to when God calls. See, and I think sometimes we think, well, I'm going to have to give up something. And it's a lot like community caring. I I love going down there. We always think we're going to go down there and give up something. I gave up a day of work. I gave up half of my... uh, time, my free time, or my sick time, and we always go down there, and the same thing happens time after time after time after time after time. I keep going 20 years because the same thing happens every time. I go down there, and I take people down there who expect to give up something, and when they leave the homeless shelter and have helped people eat, have helped to serve those people who uh, are struggling, they always leave with more than they took. Always. They always go down there and they realize just how blessed God has been to them. And I think it's in the same situation. When God puts us in front of a ministry or a plan or an idea, it's not to hurt us or hold us back or make us feel like we're less or to keep us busy. That's not what it's about. It's to build us up and to encourage us. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you this morning and we are so thankful. Lord, I think of sitting around the table this morning, around the communion table, and remembering just how big the sacrifice that Jesus had for each of our lives. And Lord, I think this morning, at this very moment, those who may not have had have a relationship with you, I pray for them at this very moment, Lord. If And if there is someone here who hasn't uh, begun that relationship with you, I pray that you would encourage their heart to step out this morning. Lord, for those who know God is leading them in a direction and haven't taken the step they know is a direction you would have them go, I pray that you would encourage their hearts this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would challenge them to step out, to step up and be counted and to respond as you would have them respond. In your name we pray. Amen.